Hi, hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Educated Fan. My name is Brandon, and I am joined here by your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore. It is technically another Do Not Wash the Jersey episode, but that game was two days ago. Today is Monday, August 30th, uh, and a lot of shit happened today. Not so great. Don't feel so great about our uh, 3-0 preseason uh, record. Uh, Payne Manning often went 0-5 in preseason, so uh, don't much care about that record in the first place, but there's a lot of news coming out of uh, Colts Town today. But first, sir, how was your weekend? Weekend was weekend was all right. Uh, had a had a nice birthday party with the family. Did a lot of work around the house. Uh, watched uh, watched a good NASCAR race on on Saturday night. Always got to get my uh, my NASCAR talk in here early in the show. But for Colts fans watching this show today, it's I mean it's going to be an up and down episode because we're gonna there's 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 definitely some good things to talk about, but there's there's a lot of stuff that that isn't too. You shouldn't be too excited about right now, and it's it's so it's it's a tough time to be a Colts fan. It's very nerve wracking, I would say. It's you thought things were starting to finally turn the corner, bam, the weekend hits and everything goes back to how it was. But uh, how was how was your weekend up there in Seattle? Before we dive into the thick of things, buddy, I am tired. I had a long weekend. Had some visitors this weekend. Uh... Here in Seattle, went and did a lot of the uh, touristy stuff. Went to the original Starbucks. Uh, fun fact, original Starbucks logo, that mermaid, boobies hanging out. Just <laughs> just saying hello to the world right there on the old logo at the original Starbucks. Very funny. Uh, had to get up and take my friends to the uh, Skyler, uh, longtime listener. Shout to out the Skyler. Airport. Shout out Skyler. Had to take him to the airport this morning at 4 a.m. So I'm tired. Worked all day. And uh, had to get my butt up and do this, you know, because we're a day late. Sorry, fans. You know, if you weren't on the internet today, you missed some news, um, and we're going to get to it. But speaking of the internet, go follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at the educated fan underscore. Very easy to spell uh, because, you know, we changed the name not too long ago. No more ad, just the educated fan. Easy enough. Um, speaking of following us, also, if you're listening to us right now, live, Seeing our faces, click the like button, the subscribe button. Hell, if you really want to know when we're going live all the time, just go ahead and uh, click on the old uh, bell, too, so you know when we're going live uh, about as, as as soon as we do. So, um, Also, Andrew, do you got your cup? Indeed, I do. Andrew's got his cup. Uh, make sure to go check out Every Cup Begins with K, Cup with a K, K with a K. Um, K-A-Y, she makes some really awesome cups. You see them here on the screen. Uh, if you go to her Facebook page and make an order, you know, just do us a solid and let her know we sent you. Um, also coming up, Andrew, in just a couple days, little little plug here, the Pigskin Podcast Network uh, is launching. Get excited. couple days. We're going to be tweeting about that. Um, hopefully having some fun activities through them and whatnot. Um we will see what that will bring. But, Andrew, let's get into it. What, where are we gonna, we're going to start camp. Camp's almost over. Um, last week of camp, preseason games are done. Um, 
What's some news coming out of there? Carson, you know what? Last weekend, I was like, oh my God, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun stuff to talk about on the podcast this week. We're gonna have some good news. Carson Wentz practicing almost in full. Three three days in a row, four days in a row. How many how many days of practice last week, Andrew? He did three days in a row. So he came back last week. Carson Wentz made his return. Quentin Nelson made his return. And Ryan Kelly all made their return to practice last week. And and Carson Wentz, he was he looked really good, actually, considering he's three three weeks removed from foot surgery. And he came out there and did pretty much everything besides full team drills. Mm-hmm. He did all the individual stuff. He did heavy, heavy seven on seven. Like take yeah. like when I mean like every heavy, rep. he took every single rep in seven on seven and, and look good, pretty good doing it. I mean, he did throw some interceptions. If you're, if you're getting all worked up about practice interceptions, you, you probably should take a chill pill because I think we've said this before in the previous weeks, practice is where you're supposed to make those mistakes, yeah. test the limits. That's where you learn how Carson big the windows wins. are. That's how you get into sync with your receivers. I mean, that's how you, how you build chemistry with your receivers. You're going to know what they're going to do on a more regular basis. All sorts of stuff. Intercept. I don't want to say interceptions in practice are good, but they're learning opportunities for sure. Well, Carson once only had... Uh, a practice and a half in training mm-hmm. camp before exactly. before he hurt his foot. So he's still trying to learn these guys. He's still trying to get the rhythm down. And, and to see him out there, the way he was moving, the way he was cutting on his foot, the way he was able to practice multiple days in a row, and that foot respond very well, I mean, that's, that's super promising. Right. Hell, he was even on the field in Detroit doing his normal warm-up before the game like it was an actual game day for him. And that's very encouraging. It, the, all signs point to that foot here healing incredibly well there haven't been any setbacks in regards to the foot and and he is on pace to to start week one and who would have thought that when they thought that the initial timeline was five to 12 weeks he looks like he's gonna make that five week mark pretty pretty quickly and pretty pretty early than that so i mean he had he had a great week quentin nelson came back and had a really good week of practice he he started actually full team drills today was his first day in full team drills Mm -hmm. he's been looking good hasn't had any setbacks against against his foot injury and ryan kelly came back last week as well he hyperextended his elbow in that first week of training camp we haven't really seen him since he was able to come back this week or this past week, and and he actually started participating in full team drills by the end of last week as well. So it looks like the offensive line is still is starting to get pretty healthy. I mean, Quentin Nelson is is back full participating. Ryan Kelly, Mark Glowinski, Braden Smith, all four of those guys are out there, and and, and the way Eric Fisher's. Go and ahead. I was going to say a guy you don't have on the list, Andrew, <laughs> Eric Fisher. We're hearing. Uh, the beat writers that are at camp talk about seeing him on the sidelines doing doing drills and whatnot and being active. He's not doing any kind of practicing with the team or anything like that, but he's he's doing well in his recovery. From what I'm hearing, and give you some insider information, my... I need a horn. Shit, I need a horn. Oh, I need a horn. I don't have a horn. If, if this tells you anything, in my final roster prediction, Eric Fisher isn't on the pup list. He's on the active roster. Insider information from Andrew Moore. Eric Fisher is on the active roster, and now... <laughs> Because of what had just ha- what happened over the weekend, his week one status is a little bit in doubt. But week two is in play, and and he could possibly be out there starting at left tackle by week two if if all things go well, considering his current circumstances, week which two, we'll talk about in a little bit. 
Week two would be wild. That would be so mm-hmm. exciting. Andrew, let's talk more about Carson Wentz. And that <laughs> We're going to talk more about Carson Wentz, but let's talk more about the you know the early week, good stuff <laughs> of the week first. Um, that's something you said that didn't click with me until you started tweeting it and other, other you know what, Andrew, Andrew Moore's a beat writer. Let's just say that. Andrew, Andrew Moore's a beat writer now. Um, Andrew and the other beat writers started tweeting, like I, di- I just didn't, Think of Carson Wentz practicing the the second day um, in the way you put it. Basically, like, hey, that means his foot responded well to day one. Day three, hey, that means his foot responded well to day one and two, that he's able to practice like that. I didn't even think about that. I was just so ecstatic that, because everybody's talking day one. Of course, this happened, you know, the day after we recorded. But I was just ecstatic that he practiced almost pretty much a full day on day one. I mean, Right, we, we kept hearing limited basis, um, which you wouldn't expect a guy to go out there and play seven on seven every single rep the whole time. Now, the reason he's considered limited, uh, come to find out, like just listening to stuff throughout the week. Um, I mean, technically, the NFL considers you limited if you don't participate in all team activity. So, limited is was a was not the proper word to be, to be used for sure. Right, and and the thing about this is, too, he, he really wasn't limited in the amount mm-hmm. of workload. I mean, obviously, he wasn't in full team drills, and that's a big part of it. Don't don't get me wrong. That's a huge step that he needs to take in his recovery yeah. because there's a lot more stress on the foot. It's just different when you have 300-pound defensive linemen rushing at you and in your face. But though, but as many, as many reps with his arm that he could, basically, because throughout those days last week that he was participating, he was throwing the ball. 35 40 times and and normally when we've been gone through this training camp process the quarterbacks like Jacob East and Sam Ellinger even when they're taking first team reps they're only getting maybe 25 or so reps so because they are switching off and on in those seven on seven and on those first on those those 11 on 11 reps, but Carson Wentz took every single seven on seven rep to get ready for this. And that's why he was basically getting as much as he could without being in those full team drills. And, and he was looked pretty damn good with it. Mm-hmm. He was getting, he was hitting Ty, uh, Kylan Granson down the scene quite a bit. There were a couple throws deep to T Y Hilton that, that looked really mm-hmm. good. And they've, they've really started to build a connection. So, so Carson Wentz, as far as it, throwing the football is concerned he looked pretty damn good and you just you can just tell the offense is so much different and and it looks like how the offense should when Carson Wentz is out there yeah uh and then in regards to you know because Andrew does did, did his thing where he talked about all the guys before I got a chance to chime in in regards to uh Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly we don't really need to spend much time talking about them uh in in their practice this week uh you all know how important it is to have the very best offensive line in the league and a top five center uh, in the league back uh, at practice. I don't want to waste too much time talking about this week anymore because it feels like at this point it's old news, right? So mm-hmm. let's go over these injuries real quick, Andrew, um, and then we'll get to the game. And then we'll get to the most recent news uh, that Monday brought us. Um, injuries. Another bad piece of Monday news. Uh, T.Y. Hilton... Uh, Neck injury, no timetable. It's sounding like he's going to miss a significant game amount, a significant amount of games, though. Um, if I had to put a guess on it, time wise, probably eight. The way it sounds, if, if you were to give a good guess, Andrew, what would you say somewhere in that neighborhood? I mean, early Andrew, possibly. Andrew won't it's guess. just so. 
I, I mean, I would say it definitely when they say it's not season ending, that definitely means that he's not coming back anytime soon. And, and yeah. there, right now there officially is no timetable just because they're still really not certain what all his injury is encompassing. So on the way to Detroit, he started feeling some discomfort in his neck and his upper back area. And then after talking with doctors, getting getting some scans and MRI, it's it's been determined that it's a disc issue in his upper back. And and that that could be that could be quite quite dangerous especially when you're a yeah. football player going out and getting hit you neck injuries and whoa, 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 back injuries T.Y. Hilton doesn't get hit let's just let's just set the record straight well, <laughs> any, anything when you have when you have hard helmets coming at it at that region for you um but yeah it, anything what? like that especially when you're a football player is 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 very serious and yeah. and it really sucks because because T.Y. Hilton and like I said him and Carson Wentz were developing a really good chemistry and it seemed like Carson Wentz was at times going out of his way to try and throw to T.Y. Hilton and build yeah. that chemistry up and uh, there were Frank Reich said it yesterday when he was talking to the media he said I mentioned to Chris Ballard that T.Y. looked as explosive and and as good as he's been since I've been here and that includes the 2018 mm-hmm. season when when and it was him and Andrew Luck still tearing it up. And, and that's a big testament to, to what T.Y. Hilton was able to do. I mean, if, if that's if that's the T.Y. Hilton we were getting, that's a 1,200-yard receiver and, and six touchdowns. That's that's a yeah. borderline pro bowler. And and it sucks. It really does suck because T.Y. Hilton, with the, the, the build the buildup to him coming back into Lucas Oil Stadium after his yeah. free agency where he almost didn't come back, being able yeah, to that's, be paired I with the quarterback, about that, like, yeah. Being able to be paired with a quarterback like Carson Wentz and his skill set where he had so much success with a quarterback like that and Andrew Luck, this team looks different when T.Y. Hilton is on the field. It just does. I mean, in the 10 games that he's missed in his career to 10 or 11, the Colts are like 1 in 10 in those games. T.Y. Hilton makes a big difference. And and without him on the field, it's time for those young – it just is time for those young receivers to step up. Michael Pittman, Zach Paschal, Paris Campbell, they're all going to need to shoulder this load and and pick up the slack that, that T.Y. Hilton uh, leaves when he's not on the field. And I'll talk about a guy that seems to be ready to do so. Um, yeah, and what Andrew, we just said the other day we saw a highlight of T.Y. Hilton just roasting uh, Xavier Rhodes. I mean, just burnt the dude. And you and I, like, text about that. We're like, you know what? Like, we've talked about this on the podcast about how we just, you know, T.Y. Hilton's not the guy to take the top off the defense anymore. And, I mean, see many many more of those plays and i mean we we might have to admit that we were wrong i hate doing it i, I do it all the time let's get real but um yeah <laughs> ty hilton was looking good in camp and i yeah definite definite chemistry being built between him and Wentz. so that's that's a damn shame sam tevy uh torn acl out for the season uh and while this may not seem like a big deal this is a position uh that we're lacking um in depth and as bad as Sam Tevy's been this preseason, Andrew, that that doesn't mean there's someone better than him out there for us to go sign. You know what I mean? There's there's not just left tackles floating around out there as we've experienced over the last year. So, um, yeah, I mean, it while it sounds like, eh, oh well, it's 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 not a small deal by any means. 
it's a really rough ending to a tough preseason for, mm-hmm. for Sam Tevy. I mean, he, by the, by the Detroit lions game, he was relegated to backup right tackle. He really wasn't even in the competition to start at left tackle. This is a guy the Colts brought in and thought he would start at left tackle before we got Eric Fisher. So I, I think, I think the, the loss of Sam Tevy doesn't hurt as bad considering how he, he wasn't in that, that deep competition and Eric Fisher is coming back. Hell, I really don't even think Sam Tevy was going to, make this final roster just with how bad he did play so it, it does suck because mm-hmm. he probably could have gotten gotten gone somewhere else and and found a role but but yeah really really tough end to a bad preseason for sam tevy um sam ellinger sprained acl out five to six weeks if there was any doubt in your mind about who is going to be the backup quarterback and possibly week one starter um it's been resolved at this point uh he's gonna be out five to six weeks uh, that's a bummer because I do think he would he'd help us early in the season or in because we've talked about it in in like a Taysom Hill role. Um, we haven't seen anything or heard anything to indicate that that it that was he was going to be used that way. But we had our suspicions. It's not like the Colts are showing anybody their you know their tricky offenses, offensive plays. Yada yada. Right. You get it. Right. But Sam Ellinger, I mean, he came into the game against the Lions and and he led a, just a, an absolutely drunk two minute drive where he sends a 60 yard bomb to, to Desmond it. Patman. And then he laterals it to Sam Tevy on the very next play. It's like, what is going on? Uh, but that that hit that he took on the sack, it, I mean, it, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, he could have torn his ACL. It's a good thing yeah. he's only out for about five or six weeks. So he'll he'll go on IR, but uh, but I'm pretty sure the Colt, once he's available, they'll bring him back, and then he'll be the third quarterback. And who knows, maybe late in the season, we'll still get to see a package for Sam Ellinger mm-hmm. to come in and, and work some magic. Andrew, any of these ones serious? Some guys also left the game against the Lions. Uh, Patman, Odom, uh, and Cameron Klein. I, I, eh. Yeah, Pat Patman uh, really didn't get too much of an update. He just wasn't able to return with something going on with his foot. George Odom is still in the concussion protocol, but by the time week one rolls around, he should be good to go. Cam Klein's a, a guy that probably won't make the roster, but it just seemed like everybody was going yeah. down Friday or Friday night at Ford Field. And just at that point, I was like, okay, just get everybody out of here because who else is going to go down yeah. and get injured, especially after Sam Tevy just completely blew out his knee and had to be carted off the field. So it's a good thing the games got over and now we can kind of focus on week one. Can we put any kind of tag on Patman at this point to keep him from going to waivers with this injury, you think? Because if you haven't he, heard, uh, we, now we think probably Patman's going to get cut. Just five, seven days ago, we said the opposite. Uh, we think Patman's probably cut. Well, with with some news about a wide receiver that got placed on a certain list, I think Patman's going to make the Good roster point. now. Good point. So, so the the only tag that can be put on him right now is if he if he got put on IR for this injury, mm-hmm. then he would be out for the season because there's a rule that you have to be on the roster mm-hmm. week one or at that tomorrow. We mm-hmm. have to be on the roster by tomorrow. Otherwise, if you're on IR, you're done for the year. So, what the Colts will probably do, like in T. Y. Hilton's instance they'll they'll keep him on the active roster after uh, uh, tomorrow once cuts happen mm-hmm. and then i think it's i think it's september 1st the very next day at like 3 p.m or something 
then you can move players to IR and then they can, they're still under the rules where they can return later in the years. So, so Patman, I don't think it's that serious that he have to go on IR, but yeah, I think Patman makes the team now. I I don't want to lose him. I don't want to lose him. He looked good in the, let me tell you how I'll, I'll explain how fast we're going in that segment next. I'll talk about it now. Um, I watched a six minute highlight video of the game because I was, I was busy this weekend, had, had company, um, went to a MLB game, Mariners game Friday night. So I didn't get to watch the game. Um, so it was like every play, like, you know how game pass has the compressed version. It was Mm -hmm. even faster. Couldn't get logged into game pass. Every (laughs) app the NFL puts out blows. Just telling you right now. Um, can't stand it. Pisses me off. I can't. I, I get logged in. It doesn't go. It doesn't play. Doesn't let me play. So I couldn't watch the full game um, the way I wanted to. So Patman, I'm, Patman made a big catch. He looked to be active. Um, so yeah, I, it's guy I don't want to lose. I've been pulling for this dude since he got drafted last year. So we'll see. Um, anything else from that segment, Andrew? Camp talk. I'm just glad camp's over. I'm real glad that it's over. Kinda. I'm hoping that it, we get to turn a new leaf and we actually mm-hmm. start getting some better news after today and, and it could just calm down. Cause I mean, I mean, it was a lot to cover. It was good for us. A lot of yeah. things to talk about, but man, I would love a boring camp where nobody gets hurt and, and players just play and we don't have to worry about this or COVID or all that. I mean, it's, it's been a wild camp for sure. Yeah, it's been wild. News every day. Can't stand it. Uh, Colts versus Lions. Let's talk about it. Eason played real solid. Uh, even if Ellinger probably, you know, didn't get hurt, he probably wins a backup job. I saw him throw a dart um, when I was watching the replays. Uh, threw a dart with a guy coming straight for him. Took a big hit. Put the ball, I mean, not per- not perfectly placed, but... A catchable ball. He could have led the receiver a little more. Um, and who was it? Mike Strawn. Uh, I felt like every play I watched, 17 was catching the ball. And if it wasn't him, it was Kylan Granson moving a whole fucking pile. Um, so lots of good things coming out of the rookies. What did you think about Eason, though? I thought Easton was pretty good. I mean, good in the sense that he was he was moving the ball down the field, uh, mostly in the second quarter after he settled down. Mm-hmm. His accuracy jumped out to me. He, he was a lot more accurate than he was the second yeah. game against the Minnesota Vikings. He was putting the ball in the right place, leading his receivers, putting it where only his receivers could get it. Mm-hmm. He, he seemed to take some velocity off of a couple of his throws too, which which I like to see. But, but you're, that play that you're talking about where he stood in the pocket and took a major hit and delivered that strike to strong down the field that's that's an nfl throw and yeah. and we, we talked about easton's pocket presence and how in college especially when he would face pressure he'd get outside the pocket try to get away sometimes prematurely i haven't seen that as we progressed along in the preseason he's starting to stand in the pocket strong he knows he's going to get obliterated in there but he still delivers the ball takes the hit gets up and goes to the next play and i really like to see that that progression in jacob easton's game so 
I mean, he from I, even though Ellinger challenged him some, Eason has always been in the lead for this competition, and I, and I think he, like I said, Eason's ceiling is higher. I think he's got more pure ability than Sam Ellinger, so it, it wasn't a shock to me that he was going to be the backup quarterback. He would have been even if Ellinger was healthy. So um, I, I feel pretty good about Eason being the the backup to Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. and now he just needs to continue because the, the work's not over for him by any means. Oh, God, he no. definitely needs to continue to progress throughout the regular season in case he can be called upon or in case he needs to be called upon, I should say, and lead this team if Carson Wentz goes down or, or is out for any reason. Vaccinated NFL players to be tested weekly. Is that new news? I think somebody, that was a memo. In the, somebody just wrote it. That was a memo the article. NFL sent out. That was a memo the NFL sent out, okay. I think, today with their updated guidelines. Okay, well, somebody wrote something about it 14 minutes ago on The Athletic. I just saw my notifications. Um, Quiddy Pay. Tell me, Andrew, how did Quiddy Pay look? I did not. I, I couldn't. I saw. I know he had a sack, um, but that, that's all I know. How did Quiddy look? Quiddy Pay did his best Robert Mathis impersonation with that strip sack that was recovered by Taylor Stallworth. He looked he looked good. I mean, the dude in a quarter play had a sack. He had a tackle for loss. He had a, a few run stops. I mean, Quiddy Pay is the real deal. I mean, he was the number one rated edge rusher, according to Pro Football Focus, this past week. And and he he just dominated out there, and and it's it's really good to see because in he's got two quarters of action and he's pretty much dominated both those quarters in the preseason, and and of course it's not against starters or anything like that. It's only the preseason, but but it's just it's good to see because in the regular season he's going to have. DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart next to him that are taking up the middle. He's going to get a lot of one-on-one opportunities on that edge. And if you try to slide protection over to Quiddy Pay, I mean, sure, DeForest Buckner will take that all day and he'll just go up the middle and get a sack. So he's really looking like he's coming on. And and something that, that needs to be mentioned too is the Colts have really changed Quiddy Pay's entire style of play. Mm-hmm. At Michigan, he would line up right in front of the tackle. We talked about this last in week. Like a fro- yeah, in like a frog four-point stance. Mm-hmm. And instead, now he's moved outside the tackle and he's able to use that speed rush. And and he is just so quick off the ball. He really yep. does remind me of a Dwight Freeney or Rob Mathis as far as his get-off is concerned. Big, big, big-time hype and praise for Quiddy Pay. This kid's going to be a good one. And you know you know, I don't really get too too hyped up about players. Quiddy Pay is one of them. Yeah, I love it. I, uh, he's got it. Let's talk. We we love saying they've got it. He's got it. Um, surprise cuts tomorrow, Andrew. Uh, you wrote an article on this. Who are some guys uh, you mentioned? So one article I wrote is I thought Marbell Tell could possibly be a, a surprise oh, cut yeah. just because we haven't really we haven't really heard about him at all in this preseason. And only and time the only time I heard has, about Marvell Tell one time was about a bad play. That's it. And I really I really watched him on on Friday night and he again he really just didn't make very many plays. But now considering with all the situations with all the injuries, guys going on IR, guys on the COVID list, now I think Marvell Tell will make it. Um some other surprise some another surprise cut I have is I got Taylor Stallworth. I don't have him making the team. I mm-hmm. think that instead Andrew Brown is gonna make it because Taylor Stallworth position, plays Andrew? more of that nose tackle at three technique behind the, to back up to Forrest Buckner in that defensive tackle position. Um, 
So I've got I've got him not making it. I didn't have Desmond Patman making it until the T.Y. Hilton injury news. Uh, but I, I think Desmond Patman now makes the team. Uh, Farad Green, he had a really, a really two piece, good camp. Hey, two pieces of news could have kept uh, Desmond Patman on the team. <laughs> there we go. Farad Green at tight end had a good camp. Colts are only going to be able to keep three. So I don't really think that's a surprise cut. Um, but it's just a shame that there weren't more tight end spots. So um, what about what about yeah, they, they, what about some surprise guys making the team? Andre Shachere. The safety, the the safety, he, I mean, and he's got such position versatility too. He plays safety, he can play outside or inside corner. He has special teams ability. Sasha Ray has really came on in training camp, really made a lot of plays, uh, just been all over the field. So I think he's going to make it. I don't have, I guess here is a surprise cut. I don't have Sean Davis, the rookie out of Florida, making the team. I have Shasha Ray taking that mm-hmm. final safety spot, and the Colts only keep it four. The, the we had one Sean Davis Sean cut Davis, today. The veteran Sean Davis was cut today. I think the rookie Sean Davis is a practice squad candidate because mm-hmm. the Colts like where he is head-wise. That game against Detroit was bad. He had probably four, five or six missed tackles. He had a couple missed interceptions. Not a good game for him. So I think he just needs to go on the practice squad, learn a little bit more, and and possibly he could be a backup maybe next year. Or or if safeties have injuries this year, maybe Sean Davis could get called up then. RIP to the 22-year streak of the Colts signing an undrafted free agent. Aww. Uh, popular sound effect in my terrible show, Bad Beats with Brandon, that uh, was going to air three to four times a week and has aired two times total. So keep a look, <laughs> keep a look out for that. Uh, um, hey, listen, you can't shit on yourself, then you just don't have a sense of humor. Uh, honestly, Andrew, when you talked about Patman making the team because of some other uh, wide receiver news, I wasn't even thinking about T.Y. Hilton. I was thinking about. Uh, a member of the next topic we're going to talk about, Zachary Pascal, uh, along with Carson Wentz and Ryan Kelly and Fisher, uh, all on the reserve COVID-19 list, all close contacts except for Fisher actually tested positive. Is that, am I remembering? No, it was a cold staffer that tested positive, right? Fisher tested. Fisher does have COVID nineteen. Quentin Nelson originally was a close contact this weekend, but he's already off the list and practicing. That means he's today. Does that mean staff, he's vaccinated, or that means he's not vaccinated? Eric Fisher, uh, not not Eric. I meant Quentin Nelson. Because if you're a close contact, Quentin that means you were not vaccinated, right? Because if you're vaccinated, they just you, you have just have to, to produce right. a negative test. If you have to sit out a certain of the five days and you're just a close contact, that means you're not vaccinated. Okay. So yep. we know for sure Quentin Nelson, Carson Wentz, Ryan Kelly, and Zach Pascal are not because a staff member tested positive um, for for COVID, and that's why Wentz, Pascal, and Kelly are all close contacts. Not everyone tested positive. If I had to guess, it'd be, be somebody in the training days. room. Yeah, it very well could be because all those guys have been dealing with injuries. Yeah. So that's... Nice little yeah, deduction. Every single one of them. Every nice deduction of out of me, them, huh? So. You like that? There Listen, you go. The big, where do you want to start on journalism this? by Brandon Moses? Where do you where do you want to start on this, Andrew? Because I stand in the middle. There's obviously, you know, you go on Twitter, you go on the internet uh, in regards to just any subject, but uh, football for us because that's what we give a shit about. Um, and there, you know, everybody seems to be so 
one-sided and you know it's all political and whatnot what do you how do you want to approach this what do you want to say about this i know what i want to say I, my, my stance hasn't changed. I mean, I think I've since the beginning, even when we talked about on the show, my thoughts on players getting vaccinated or not are it's a, it's a personal choice. I'm not going to tell you either way what to do. Do I think you should get vaccinated? Yeah, I do. Am I going to belittle you if you don't? No, absolutely not. Are you going to call them a bad teammate make, if you don't? <laughs> they're, they're grown men. They can make their own decisions. And, and yes, the NFL is making it very difficult if you don't get vaccinated because of these stiff protocols. And whether you like it or not, I mean, that's where the protocols are for these NFL players, and they know that, and they still are in charge of their exactly. own decisions. What I don't like is, is people saying that some criticizing somebody's character just because they don't get the vaccine yep. or or criticizing their their entire makeup and, and making things personal because a football player is missing time on his own team something that you don't have anything to mm-hmm. do with whatsoever and you're still criticizing him and, and there's a a columnist in the in the indie star that's that's really doing it, ripping into not only Carson Wentz's character, can I tell? Can I tell? Character. Yeah, go right ahead. Let me just start this off. Now. Indie star writer Greg Doyle fucking sucks. He's a fucking <laughs> moron. I'm just roasting him on Twitter lately. I I mean I'm just tearing into this dude because I can't stand it. One day he's saying Jake Beeson. I want Jacob Eason to be the starter, and I hope he wins the job because uh, uh, Carson Wentz isn't vaccinated. Uh, and then he goes, oh, my God, Carson Wentz is back. He looks so good. I'm so excited. And now today, fuck Carson Wentz. Piece of shit. Not vaccinated. Terrible human being. Carry on. It's it, it's it's kind of laughable at this point, honestly, that, that you get – that if people can get so worked up. I understand – that people can be huge Colts fans. I mean, I'm a huge Colts fan. I, I've got season tickets. I follow the Colts probably as as closely as anybody that I know. And and the thing about this is this there are more important things in life. Yes, it's gonna make the Colts season more difficult, but the thing is, these are the it's their decisions. You can agree or disagree with them, but people need to start to understand and learn to respect other people's decisions of what they do with with what they put in their bodies. And and if they want to take the vaccine or not, you can you, I don't think it's anybody's place to force that on it, whether it's it's fans on players, whether it's the, the NFL or or media members. If, if the fans are on players, if the fans are so pissed off about this have an issue, they need to take it up with the NFL and the NFLPA. The NFL wants them all to be vaccinated. The NFLPA mm-hmm. are the ones, you know, that don't want to make that a mandate. But if, if you're so upset, go get go after the people who aren't making it happen. They can. It's legal. They're, I mean, hospital, my, my fiance's a nurse. She has to be vaccinated unless she has a medical reason not to be. Uh, you know what I mean? There's places, you're legally allowed to force your employees, but the NFLPA bargain for not so go get mad at them the fact is andrew and and whether whether you 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 like it or not listen i want carson wants to get vaccinated do i think carson wants being vaccinated would be uh more helpful for his team do i think that i don't i don't want to go as far as to say it's selfish of him not to but i mean the fact is a, a factual statement if he's vaccinated he's not missing this week in practice okay so it does affect right. the team Okay, but again, like you said, it's his choice. I respect the hell out of choice. Do I disagree with it? Yes, I do. 
But the fact remains, it does have an effect on the teams. That is what I'm behind. But I, yeah, belittling the guy and attacking his character, get the fuck out of here. Well, the thing is, too, the if any if anybody has the people that it's affecting the most the coaches and and his own teammates yeah. and and they're not even attacking what what really pissed mm-hmm. me off about the Greg Doyle piece is when he brought his brought Carson Wentz's wife into this and his his 1-year-old daughter that's what really irked me because i mean you can attack a player for for how they play on the field or for some of their decisions but don't bring the, the player's family into this i mean that's that's completely off off out of bounds yeah it's off limits just stop it i understand that for some reason greg doyle is so incredibly pissed off about this about carson wentz a, a guy that plays quarterback for a team he covers and you're supposed to be impartial as a media member when you're going after his Not character and, and start talking about his family like that i mean that that's completely out of bounds and it's it's absolutely ridiculous yeah. they, that they, the indie star would actually post that my favorite hobby of the last week or two has been predicting uh the title of the article that greg doyle's gonna release i literally tweeted like <laughs> i literally tweeted oh where's greg doyle like here comes the article when's it gonna come out i literally predicted it and then it came out and i was like oh there it is you know it's hard it, you know what it, it does affect your team it, it affects your teammates yeah, yeah. in a negative way, and the Colts are one of the least, if not the least, vaccinated team in the league. And guess what? Chris Ballard and Frank Reich have to deal with it. And it, and it's, it sucks because I, me and you both, we hate talking about this on our podcast. Yeah, we hate know, it. That's why Don't we want hardly to. have but we have about to. it. It's it's a it's annoying, and now that it's affecting the team, we have to. And, and now I think you guys all know our stances on it. Now we hope they get vaccinated, but at the same time, they're people too. Hey. They're not just. They're people, too. They're not just entertainers for us. Two things, real quick, and then unless you have something else, we can move on. One, Isaiah McKenzie, Bills, got fined for not wearing his mask around the the facility. Uh, You know what? He said, you know what? Fine. The NFL wins. I don't want to put up with all this bullshit. I'm going to go get vaccinated. Okay? And that's Mm -hmm. what we thought these rules would have more of an effect on. Most of these players have dug in. I don't think there's anything you could say to change their mind, but I'm telling you right now, people are still lining up out the door, as uh, Mike Florio would say, to go get a Toradol shot to make sure they're available on Sunday. They'll, I mean, they they do all sorts of shit. Which, by the way, Toradol, actual for sure factual evidence that has negative long term effects on your body. I mean, and they're willing to do that. That you know, doesn't make their their argument. Oh, we don't know what's in it. Doesn't make sense. It's fully FDA approved now. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me that that's the excuse. And, you know, they're willing to do just about anything else they can to get out there on a Sunday. Whatever. I don't I don't care. Let's we're gonna deal with it all year. So get ready to ride. Everybody's gonna deal every team's gonna deal with it all year, whether you're vaccinated not the or Falcons. not. Really. It's it's just not the Falcons. They're hundred percent vaccinated. Well, they're hundred percent vaccinated, but I mean Frank Reich and Matt Eberflus are both yep. vaccinated, and they still got COVID. So yep. teams but are going to deal with this you, all if year. You, if you right. get that negative well, test, the, you're back. The fact the fact still remains the same. Teams are going to have to deal with this all year. Yeah. And yep. and honestly, I'm I'm over talking about it. We're going to talk about it when Colts players go on the list. Other than that, I I kind of want to I want to stick to football. I really I'm going to talk about it when we get to hard knocks. <laughs> I mean, not a lot. I'm just fucking around. But all right, is that it? Can we move on? Can we go talk about uh, yep. more football things now? News around the league. Yeah, sure. If I uh, can pull up the right stuff here, of course, Andrew. All right, news around the league. 
Um, let's talk about some, oh, five minutes. Wow, Andrew's really putting a time constraint on me here, and he's the one that's going to take it over. Let's talk some QB battles, Andrew, <laughs> and I, I missed on some of these for sure. Uh, Saints, Jameis Winston has been announced the starter over Taysom Hill. Here's great decision. Here's why, you know, I, I think this is one of the determining factors. And then uh, Peter King, actually, I heard a story from him today, too. Um, one, if it was close, okay, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, if it was close, why not make Jason or Jameis Winston the starter? And then you can still have your Taysom Hill doing the Taysom Hill things. Makes sense, right? I never thought of that. I, I That never, you know, went off in my brain. Uh, number two, uh, Peter King did this whole traveling around camps thing over the last couple weeks or something, um, and he was talking to Sean Payton, and Sean Payton was talking about how the number one thing they're going to miss from Drew is the two-minute drill, that he was an absolute master. Um, and not 20 more, you know, not 20 minutes later, uh, they're wrapping up practice and they're doing a two minute drill. And Jace, J, Jameis Winston just is lights out, drives the f- team down the field from the 10 yard line down to score a touchdown. And Peter King basically said, I think that's the minute when Sean Payton finally decided like, okay, yeah, this is our starter. I think just Jameis Winston has the potential to be a franchise quarterback when put in the right situation, especially with a coach like Sean Payton. And that's key, especially with a quarterback that has gone through what Jameis Winston has gone through, going from the number one overall pick in the draft to being cut basically, or not chose to Mm -hmm. resign by your team, then being a backup. I mean, Jameis Winston has been working really hard. And, and when you're with a coach like a Sean Payton, who, who is really good with quarterbacks that that can be good for you. And, and I, I mean, I've been off the Taysom Hill train for, for years now. I mean, I think incredible athlete in the right, in the right spot. It can be a very big asset for your team. Franchise quarterback. Absolutely not. People forget Jason. Uh, why do I keep trying to call? I keep mixing Jameis and Taysom. Jason. I keep mixing Jameis and Taysom. Um, Jameis Winston on a very short list of a gentleman who have thrown for over 5,000 yards. That list will grow now that we're uh, going into 17 and eventually 18 games probably. Um, but as of right now, 16 games, short list. Peyton Manning's on it. Jameis is on it. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Tom Brady. Is Brady on it? Matthew sure? Stafford. I know Matt Stafford. Brady got 5,000. Hey, it's a short list either way. You get the point. Okay, there was something there with him. Uh, Bruce Arians didn't want him there when he got there. Okay, right. just didn't want him there. That wasn't his guy, so he didn't want him. Um, Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater. This was a, a kind of a surprise to me, I guess. Um, Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke. What's funny about this is they could have drafted Justin Fields, who apparently is the next coming. Uh, I'm not going to get into that again today. Yeah, I, I saw that when they decided to go with Teddy Bridgewater. A guy that's going to get you maybe a 500 record, if that, over Drew Locke, who, I mean, Drew Locke is is Drew Locke. I think he has good potential, but he just seems like he can never put it all together. And and you know what? This is going to put the Broncos in the middle of the first round again next year, mediocrity, and and they're not going to be able to get a, a franchise quarterback for the future. So I, the Broncos are in real big trouble, unless, unless they're still – betting on Aaron Rodgers being available next year and trying to get him, they, they're they going to be in trouble as far as finding their quarterback for a while. Talk to uh, James, a family member of mine who's a Broncos fan. He likes the Teddy Bridgewater move just in regards to the fact that he's not – he's he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. So 
Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Also, he's with a, an offensive coach uh, from the Vikings. That was there with him at the Vikings when he was starting to look real good. Jaguars, uh, Trevor Lawrence over Gardner Minshew. What? Is, are those parentheses something you're saying they should do? Uh, the Gardner Minshew trade? That happened, brother. Shut up. <laughs> Shut this man was up. so off the grid this weekend that he doesn't the know. Grid, bro. I had he no idea. Gardner, Gardner Minshew was traded to the Eagles for a sixth round pick. You didn't oh my hear that? God. No, I didn't hear that. That's funny. But th- that's not even the reason I want to talk about this. That's so funny. So he won the competition over Minshew. We knew that was going to happen. Apparently, uh, Minshew to the Eagles for a conditional sixth round pick. Uh, speaking of the Eagles, I saw today that Deshaun Watson won't. Uh, get rid of the no trade clause for uh, to go to the Eagles. Anyway, the reason I brought this Smart. up, Andrew, Travis Etienne, we'll say, I mean, that's coming news later, is out for the year. Um, the offensive line's not very good. Dan Patrick, a guy that we both respect quite well, um, honestly believes that they should not start Trevor Lawrence right away. And this is before the Minshew news. Um, they shouldn't start Trevor Lawrence right away because you just don't want the guy to get hurt. What do you, like? What's your what's your take on? I disagree with that because I think he has more weapons than every than everybody realizes. I think people are really downplaying some of those receivers. But what's your take on like, hey, for his protection, maybe let's not start him. Just for you got to start Trevor season. Lawrence. I agree. You, you got you got to. He's number one overall pick. He, I mean. He was by far and away the better quarterback over Gardner Minshew. They were keeping this. They they acted like it was a competition when really it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I think it's stupid that they did that. They went through all of this. The Jaguars are going to be the Jaguars. They went through all of this and then they took reps away from Trevor Lawrence and gave him to Gardner Minshew just to trade him away to the Eagles for a bag of peanuts. I mean, honestly, what 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 purpose was all of that in in? having this fake quarterback competition when everybody and their mother knew from day one, Trevor Lawrence was going to be the starter. And, and if Gardner Minshew was named the starter over Trevor Lawrence, I think Urban Meyer should have been fired right there on the spot. I honestly do. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, let's just be, Andrew let's Luck. be real. If that decision was made, that was a decision that was agreed upon by every level of that organization. But I get Trevor your point. Lawrence is an Andrew Luck generational type talent. And I understand wanting to protect him, but at the same time, it's, it's when you're the number one overall pick, you go out and play and, yeah. and he's got, I do like his weapons. I like, we, we talked about DJ shark, LaVisca Chanel, Marvin Jones, um, James Robinson, Travis Etienne is hurt, but James Robinson's back there. He had a really good year. And, and if, as far as the offensive line is concerned, the Jaguars need to focus on quick passes so that way they, Trevor Lawrence isn't holding on to the ball too long. If they want to protect him like that, that's what the offense needs to be based around. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I've not watched any of his preseason stuff. I've heard that he's done okay, not you know what you would hope out of him, but it's a preseason. Give it a break. All right, let's not try to slow down too much here with this stuff, Andrew. But the Vikings and defensive end, Everson Griffin, agree to a deal. Did you know that uh, after he left the Vikings, he tweeted that Kirk Cousins was ass? I and did. Then, I and then he, And then it was addressed um, by the media when he came back, and he called him Kurt. On purpose. I swear to God, he did it on purpose. Right. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, so him and he's, they made up, I guess. Um, anything on that? 
No, I did, I did see that tweet though. And Very I funny. That was pretty funny. He, that as he soon said as he left. He called Kirk Cousins ass. He basically he said he said he regretted leaving. Um, said you know the grass is always greener, and I found you know and I was ready to come back home. Panthers and wide receiver Robbie Anderson agreed to a two year, twenty nine point five million dollar extension. He's a good receiver. Uh, that's probably a good move by them. Yeah, and he's he's got a connection with Sam Darnold too, mm-hmm. and I think that's what they're really relying upon. Vikings and safety Harrison Smith agreed to a four-year, $64 million extension. Is he still worth that much money, Andrew? I, I think so. I think he's a top 10 safety in the league. I really do. Harrison Smith's a real, real good safety, good tackler, can cover a lot of ground. I think it's a good move. Uh, we knew we knew they'd get desperate for somebody eventually. I think didn't Henderson get hurt here? Um, Patriots trade running back Sony Michelle to the Rams for a 2022 fifth and sixth round pick. Um, he was a first round pick. I he was a first round pick. Uh, Camp Cam Akers got hurt. Daryl Henderson is is got is banged up. I'm pretty sure Rams I drafted are him. struggling. Rams Rams are struggling at running back. So uh, to make a move for for Sony Michelle, I forget the other guy they have in the backfield there um, that isn't banged up in in Los Angeles. But hey, Michelle wasn't going to get any run in in New England. So good for him. I don't expect him to do much, but I'm Matt Stafford might have to do it all with his arm. Um, hopefully Michelle can help out there. I, aside from week two, I'm cheering for the Rams this year. I really am. Um, Texans trade defensive end Shaq Lawson to the Jets for a 2022 sixth-round pick. Um, Worst franchise ever? The Texans or the Jets? Texans. They're on their way. (laughs) That's for sure. I mean, Shaq Lawson goes to New York. That's kind of their replacement for uh, for Carl Lawson for the year at defensive end. Um, But, yeah, the Texans. I saw, saw a tweet today. Laramie Tunsil was participating in walkarounds today for the Texans. Laramie Tunsil is on the COVID nineteen list, and he's participating in walkthroughs at the Texans facility. Are we going to talk about Cam Newton? That's not in the news. We don't have that in the news. Cam Newton, dumbass. Next piece of news. <laughs> I mean, the dude is just try. Does he want to be a backup quarterback? Ever seen Blue Mountain State? Apparently, that's the best put- best position in football. Backup quarterback. I mean, if you're uh, Chase McDaniel or Chase Daniel, sure, that is a great position to be. I don't understand it, man. Um, Ravens, or Ravines, as Andrew likes to call them, trade cornerback Sean Wade to the Patriots. for. (laughs) Yeah, it changed a common named bird to Ravines. Listen, it did. (laughs) Okay. Uh, They trade cornerback Sean Wade to to the Patriots for a 2022 uh, seventh round pick and a 2023 fifth round pick. It's kind of, it's rare to see a rookie get traded within his first, within his first trading camp. I mean, the Patriots needed a corner, but but Sean Wade was not cracking that, that Ravens rotation at all. Yeah. Uh, injuries, Jaguars, running back, Travis Etienne, Liz Franck injury, which we were worried about uh, Carson Wentz having. Uh, he is out for the season. Uh, Ravens running back, J.K. Dobbins. Not a good day for running backs. J.K. Dobbins, torn ACL, out for the season. Uh, that's not fun for the Ravens, um, especially because they don't have Mark Ingram anymore. Um, was he gone last year? Is there still last year, wasn't he? 
he was there till the very end of the year. Now okay, Mark Ingram right. is with right. the Texans. Yes, I knew he was with the Texans now, but I could Okay, you get it. Uh, Vikings tight end, Irv Smith Jr., meniscus, out for beginning of the season. Trey Lance, chipping his finger bone. Going to miss a little time. Guess that solves the uh, who's going to start first debate Andrew and I have had. Jimmy Garoppolo will be starting the season off, but I, it's not going to be long. Trey Lance, Listen. I, I, yeah, at the beginning of the year, I was saying, you know, have Trey Lance sit out the year. Nah, I, I, I almost put money that Trey Lance is the starter when the Colts play the Niners uh, in late October. I'm telling you right now, if Jimmy Garoppolo starts out a guns a blazing, the 49ers are screwed. I mean, they are in a tough spot if he has a great season. I mean, they are absolutely screwed. Um, not a fun spot to be in. I heard his first game wasn't great, but I haven't really heard much uh, since then um, in regards to Trey Lance. But we'll see how Jimmy does because he's going to be starting. Uh, I don't think Justin Fields is going to start week one. I do think at this point now, I think Mac Jones is going to take the job from Cam because uh, up until this past week when Cam pulled this bullshit about making a mistake with uh, protocols or whatever. Uh, it, Belichick was pretty clear. Cam Newton is our quarterback. And this past week, I haven't heard it quite as clearly. Um, anything else in the NFL that I'm missing, Andrew, that we're missing? I don't think so. Right. Uh, well, hey, next next week, our, our predictions are back for, because next week will be week one, so we'll be picking every game in the NFL. Yeah, no, no episode next weekend, but should have an episode next week for our first, uh, right? First, oh my yeah, God, first dude, I keep, I'm, I, dude, my next week's going to suck so bad. I got to pack and move home from Seattle, but football, football would be waiting for me to greet me. Um, hard knocks, Andrew. Good episode. Yeah. I kind of watched it today during work, took some notes, uh, what did you think of uh, Hard Knocks episode three? Three. This is my favorite episode yeah. of the season so far. Really is. Uh, I love because you know me. I love the backstories on the players, learning more about them. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, that uh, big offensive lineman. I think his name is Alacon. He'll probably get cut. Something. Something. His first name's Isaac. Like that. Oh yeah. Isaac, he does not look good at all. But hey, he's a he's a jolly big guy. Yeah. And and I love his love his family. His family's so supportive. And that was that was pretty cool to see. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was that was my favorite thing was just seeing all these guys now uh, on the back end of the roster that you don't really hear too much about and just learning their backstories. I think it's really cool that and they talked about it with him, but I think it's cool international players are gonna be allowed to have their countries um flag on their mm-hmm. helmet instead of just the United States flag, which, I mean, yeah, USA, obviously. But also, if these guys are from somewhere else and they want to rep their country, I it's the I know it's the National Football League, but it's the World Football League, realistically. I right. mean, this, that, this is the yeah, football league. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, just as a coach, Andrew, I, I wanted to talk about him just a quick bit too. Um, as a coach, like – that they, they, you could see that they see potential in him. I mean, why don't they pull him aside instead of just letting him flail around? Pull him aside and say, "Listen to me. I see potential here. I need you to do this specific. I need you to get your head out of your ass, and I need you to do this. Can I see this out of you today? You know what I mean? I you, maybe they did. Maybe you see more of it, or would see more of it if you were there. But it just felt like if you want the guy to 
stand out, go have a conversation with them real quick and put them back out there. I don't know. Right. And I was kind of, I forget the running back's name. Maybe you have it written down. Um, but when Zeke was talking to the younger running backs and kind of teaching them about which way to go and how to set people up, even like Amari Cooper was talking to, uh, to CD lamb about how his, how he Dude, sets up the guys with his route running that. ability. That, that that's that is the type of stuff that that yeah. we that fans never see is that communication between a veteran and a younger guy the teaching i mean can you imagine being a fly on the wall hearing the conversations that marvin harrison had to reggie wayne who had him to ty hilton who's having them with michael pittman jr and, yeah. and paris campbell just to hear that the the nuances of the receiver position i thought that was that was pretty cool to see as well uh, something that popped in my head this week, the 88 tradition, um, for the Dallas Cowboys, you and I have talked about the whole retiring a Jersey number thing quite uh -huh. a bit. What if, in, what if teams just stop doing that and instead go like start a tradition with a couple numbers on their team where like, it's an honor to wear that number instead, like instead of retiring it now, listen, 18's retired, but I mean, just in general, a number, a number in general, like what if it just becomes this tradition of like, if you're this, you know, the wide receiver, you know, on this team, you wear this number. I think that'd be really cool. If now, if a guy doesn't want the number fine, but I don't know. I think the 88 tradition for the Dallas Cowboys and their best receiver, or, you know, that special receiver wearing that number. I think it's a really cool tradition. What do you think? I think it's cool if for a certain team, I'm still, I'm still in the cat in the camp of, I want the guys to have their own number that's special to them. Like yeah. Peyton Manning is 18. Marvin Harrison's 88. Yeah. Rich but there's Wayne only so many numbers, right? Right. I understand that. But, but those are for the all time greats. And I, right. I do think it is cool that the Cowboys have that tradition where it goes from, it started with, uh, uh, or it was with Michael Irving. Michael Irving's an all-time great. Des, Des Bryant, C.D. Lamb now. Did T.O. Um, wear 88? T.O. wore 80 um, okay. or 81. And I think it was even before Michael Irving. Um, he he just went into the Hall of Fame this year, actually. It was the guy that it was the guy in the the guy that we were there. And the guy that said Pro Football Hall of Fame was the first guy that went out and said Pro Football Hall of Fame like 50 million times in his speech. Um, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver. Yeah. But anyway, I forget his name. This, this is bad for me. Isaac? Um, Isaacs? But yeah. No, it wasn't Isaacs. Shit, I All forget right, Now, now I got to look cares? it up. Car uh, carry on. Finish your story and then look it up when I talk about something else. But yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think it is a cool tradition. I'm still in the camp, though, that I okay. like for jerseys to be retired i just thought it was cool fun idea uh speaking of uh backup running backs i didn't need to see uh that dude's eyeball up so close with the contact didn't need that <laughs> didn't want to see that didn't need to see that uh zeke though looks in shape he's come into some season in the last few years not looking good uh, especially with the whole holdout he looks good right now and uh he looks relaxed he looks like he's having fun zeke might uh have another year under his belt in him you get it. What's the guy's name? Drew Pearson. Pearson. Damn it. Um, what do you think about Zeke? Real <laughs> yeah, quick. You're right. He looks good. I mean, you've mm -hmm. been trashing him saying, oh, I don't think he's even a top 10 running back. I mean, man, if he can keep, if he can stay healthy, and I think Dak being top there five. helps him a lot. I I wouldn't put him top five, but I'd say top 10. I could I could say Zeke's a top I 10 could go running top back. 10. And, 
and I think Dak just being there is very helpful to to Zeke as well. They're they're like attached to the hip. Every single like shot of the offense, yeah. Dak and Zeke are standing right next to each other. I had no clue that they were that they were that I close. I didn't either. Uh, I didn't either until the show. Um, male guy, the male this last this is my last point. Male guy, awesome. Four generations of running the fucking mail department. That is so cool. I think that's cool. That's and, awesome. And Dak's like buddies with him. Dak was like telling mm-hmm. guys in the quarterback room, like, dude, that guy, that he's fourth generation mailroom guy. Well, he just sits down and he plays spades with yeah, Dak kick, and Zeke and Dak's Micah Parsons. Ass. Like he's one of the dudes. Oh, it was that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, it like was really he, cool. That, that was and fun. the thing is too, he, he's a cool, he, he sounds like a really nice dude too. Yeah. So it was great to see just the lineage of how his great grandfather, his grandfather's dad, they all worked in the same mailroom, the same Dallas Cowboys mailroom. Um, that was pretty awesome. I'm just telling you, if I was sitting down next to Carson Wentz playing cards, okay, I first of all, I'd already be, and Carson, Andrew, pay, any Colts player, any good Colts player, right? Uh, I don't know if I'd be able to maintain myself for a game of cards, let alone kick their ass and then punk them for it. You know what I mean? Like, just be like, yeah. He beat he beat Dak and Zeke in spades, and he looks at Dak, and he says, he says, never play me in this again. Just, <laughs> just drops the cards right on there. I loved it. But, yeah, I thought, I mean, he was cool. And then seeing uh, uh, Trayvon Diggs' little kid, that, that little boy was awesome. I mean, cheered for his dad. Um wanting to see Dak wearing that little Dak jersey. So um, it's, it's it's just this is my favorite part of Hard Knocks is seeing the behind-the-scenes stuff, seeing the kids or the players with their families and, and learning their backstories. That's that's the best part. Yeah, so next Wednesday, guys, probably um, is when our next episode will be. Season opener of the league is Thursday night, so you'll want to see our picks and whatnot. We're also going to do some uh, – predictions for the end of season awards who we think is going to be in the super bowl mvp offensive rookie of the year all those fun things um and hopefully i still don't i should have like enough stuff to actually be able to produce a show out still so that'll be great um because the u-haul boxes are coming on tuesday the 7th uh so all my shit's getting packed up i I think I'm, i'm not even gonna have a couch I'm not even going to have a chair. I have no idea how I'm going to do this show next week. Can't wait for that. Um, I figured it out in my head already. There we go. Go follow us. It's on the screen again, <laughs> at the educated fan underscore. Um, the educated fan on Facebook. Like, subscribe, all the things. Uh, thanks for listening to this real long episode again. Me and Andrew love to go along. Um, and until next time, God bless you. God bless football. And go Colts. Go Colts. I fucking love football and I love you guys. Woo!